If we could simply start and if we could just inform people that if you could do it 1% better today, your life gets that much better immediately. Mm -hmm. Like a better life is not way down the road in the future, but a better life starts the minute you decide to actually control what goes in and out. Fitness is the best way to kind of illustrate that. But at the end of the day, you just have to want to be better. Right. Like right. the first thing is just, you just have to want to be better. Right. But I just don't think most people are really willing to do it. Right. They just don't care. They're just, they're so regular, right. They're in their comfort zone. And this is a basic form of human nature, right? Human nature wants to do things with expending the least amount of energy and what is getting better, expending energy. Like you need to get used to pain and get used to doing, cause you do not grow your muscles unless you go through pain. So I think it's a mindset shift. Like pain is good, man. If you get rejected a hundred times from a girl, you know, you're going to be better on that 101st time than if you didn't do any of them. Hello and welcome. This is Self-Control, How to Build a Better Life, a podcast that will inspire you to take control of your mind and your mindset to build the life that you want to live, the life that you deserve to live. Today's episode, a conversation with Luca Gray, a young man from Canada, currently based in Costa Rica. Luca operates the 1% Secret Self-Improvement Club, a Facebook group with over 15,000 members, of which I am one, and there's a lot of great discussion in there. So we talked to Luca about the importance of community building and what goes on in that group and and what you, uh, maybe as someone looking to improve, can find in that group. We get a little bit of Luca's backstory, but most importantly, we touched on some, you know, not unfamiliar topics for this show, limiting beliefs, the importance of visualizing, manifesting, prayer, how we can resist cultural programming, how we can work on quitting our addictions, and the importance of self-control, and the importance in self-belief. So I think there's a lot of just quick hitters in this. I think if you're looking to work on your self-improvement, work on yourself, check out the 1% Secret Self-Improvement Club. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Give this episode a listen. We touch on a lot of things. It's nice to hear a fresh, energized perspective on some of this stuff. Really enjoyed talking to Luca. I think you'll enjoy this as well. So here it is, my conversation with Luca Gray. All right, Luca Gray, this is my first guest interview in many, many months. I'm, I'm glad it's you. I'm glad we finally did this, bro. So how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm glad it's somebody who understands the freezing cold winter that I'm used to. So I'm glad we can get on good terms to start. What? And isn't that the craziest thing is we met on some far-flung Facebook group and it turns out we we grew up just a few hundred clicks from each other. So where are you from originally? So it's a confusing story because when I'm here, I'm in Costa Rica for anybody who, who knows or doesn't know, I'm pretty far from home. So whenever I talk to somebody, I have to explain where I'm from and then I have to explain the closest city to where I'm from because nobody knows, nobody right? Knows. Um, so I was born in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, but mm-hmm. nobody knows. So I say Calgary. People don't even know Calgary half the time, which is wild. Yeah. Um, but I'm Canadian. So I, I was born in Alberta and I was born in a town called Lethbridge, very small. Very small. Not a bad town. It's windy. It's kind of like a desert down there. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, lots of hockey players. I wish I would have played hockey, but I guess, you know, that's for a different life. <laughs> hey, yeah. Maybe next time around, huh? Yeah. So, and so where are you now? You made the move. You made a big move actually. And when did you do that? And where are you? So right now I live in San Jose, Costa Rica, capital of Costa Rica. Um, I have a very unique story. I did door to door sales for a while and mm-hmm. I, and I like to meet new people a lot. And after COVID, um, I ended up meeting 
a professional YouTuber, guys like a million subscribers, his full time job. Okay. Um, and I met him grabbing my stuff from a storage locker after I had like lost my job and stuff. And he told me he's like, Hey, I want to move to Costa Rica for tax benefits. I'm willing to, you know, mentor you and like take you in and take care of expenses as long as you're willing to help me with my business and be like an assistant of sorts. So I have a very unique situation here. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. No, that's cool. Do you want to shout him out or is he remaining anonymous? Yeah, I can. It's uh Tanner Barbarian Body on YouTube. I think he's more on like AI and stuff like that as well now. Cool. Um, but yeah, his main channel is Barbarian Body. Lots of cool stuff you can find there. Maybe talk to me then about what your business is and what's, what's you know, paying the bills and hopefully, what are you building? Mm-hmm. So a little backstory on my thing is, you know, I never went to college. I never went to university. Um, okay. I never went, you know, down the standard path. Mm-hmm. And I got into door-to-door sales, door-to-door sales, bing, bang, boom. <laughs> um, so essentially with door-to-door, like you get into it and you're like, ah, you know, you feel like a weirdo. Everyone makes you try to feel like an asshole or something. Yep. <laughs> uh, but I learned a ton from door-to-door, man. Like okay. being able to realize that you have to fail a lot to win mm-hmm. once. People try something once and they think, yeah, that's it. And if they don't get that first one, they just quit. Right. Mm. But in door to door and any cold calling sales in general, you have to talk to a hundred people mm. before you even get like an okay. And then that okay has to be closed. Right. So using my door to door sales, using my, my, my sales ability and charisma, my main goal is I want to be able to teach people how to be charismatic. Cause okay. like you, you need to be charismatic, man. And, and it's, it's literally a, a topic of just being able to speak well and mm. like being able to speak. Right. Sure. Um, I know a ton of people that, that when you're good at talking, they think you're arrogant. Oh yeah. He just like yep. to hear himself talk, yep. you know? And it's like, it's such a bad mindset to be in because if you're good at talking, people want to talk to you. Right. And they like you and you're stimulating and fun yes. to be around. And that helps your self-esteem and it helps everything else you do in my personal opinion. Well, that's great. You, you said a lot there. That's very, very true. And I think growing up, you know, my parents, they're, they're, they're not big talkers and there was a certain, what you're saying, a bit of a distrust around people that were talking a lot. And it's like, I grew up that way and I'm starting to see now the importance of talking because through talking, we develop our own thoughts, right? You got to hear all this shit that we have inside. We got to hear it come out of us and say, well, does that make sense even? But if it's, if it's inside and not coming out, that's, that's mm-hmm. actually a bigger problem, I would say, than, than not, than, than talking too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I found too, is I, st- I, li- I love to study human nature and, and mm-hmm. subconscious programming and stuff. And the main thing that I noticed with talking is people, how to explain it? Like they, they, they listen to the sound of it more than what's actually happening. Hmm. So if I was to start, if I was to start talking really quiet, hmm. lots of suspense. Right. And then I talk really quickly, you know, like you can build this whole orchestra where people are going through a range of emotions based on just your energy levels going up and down. Right. So yep. it's a skill, man. You can, you can build that. And when, and you're talking all day already. So mm-hmm. you might as well be good at it. You might as well be good at it. You might as well be good at it. And if you can, what I like there is what you're talking about is it's a skill that you're developing. And do you find then that by teaching other people, then you continue to develop the skill itself, right? Yeah. And that's with anything, dude, the teacher learns most always. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And, and, and when you say things, me talking about talking right now, I'm learning how to do it better because I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm doing that. And then it like, you have experience, right? Mm-hmm. The only reason why people don't take the risk on a lot of stuff is because they don't know if it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Confidence is just a history of success, mm-hmm. right? If you walk up to a girl and get her number, it's because you've gotten a number before and you know, you're not going to get slapped. Right. 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 Like you have history of success, right? History of success. So I wonder then what, what does your business model look like? Is it one-on-one coaching essentially? 
So right now, the main thing is obviously I want to just get, I hate to say this word, but clout, right? Sure. Getting um, recognized, mm -hmm. right? When people see you as an authority, they just see you a lot. They, they kind of misconstrue you as being an expert, even though they just, they're just familiar with you, right? Um, the main thing that I want to do is I'm building a community. Uh, you're part of the community for people who don't know. It's called the 1% Man Group on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing is we're, we're giving a safe place for men in particular. Obviously, women can join. But mm -hmm. I think right now, um, it's going to be a hot, controversial topic. But it's like men should just shut the hell up and pay the bills. And that's it. Yeah. Right? You shouldn't have like your own life. You shouldn't be able to do this stuff. Right? And then if you, if you break the mold and try to take leadership, you're a misogynist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and that's the thing it's like men just like when you're in your locker room you guys are talking shit man that's what happens right? you, like that's just who we are right? right but people are trying to make you feel like you shouldn't be that way and i disagree with that so to wrap around the question it's more like okay giving a safe place for men to come to come along and, and have somebody to push them right mm -hmm. when you're on a football team they're talking shit so you run faster right mm -hmm. they want you to do better um so right now it's more mastermind right bring people on have conversations with other people uh, be able to develop people's environment and their their friend groups i had terrible friend groups growing up drugs partying okay. you know about x y and z and i found that you know when you're not working nobody else is working but if you're working harder than your roommates like they push they want to yes. ego right they want to compete absolutely and you want to be around people that are pushing you again for the same reason as you just you get more to life suddenly now what your potential expands tenfold if there's 10 guys around you pushing you mm. so maybe and yeah there's yeah. And there's, there's a benefit to having, I don't want to call it negative, but it's like, as dudes, you need to know the man beside you is strong. You need to know the man beside you is not a yes. little wimp. Yes. Um, and you say things like run faster, man, you should have done better. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're being an a-hole or anything, mm -hmm. but it's just like, as men, we are, it's a performance-based sport for men. It is for women as well, but it's more like being lazy for a woman is acceptable. <laughs> you know, being lazy for a woman there, no one's going to be like, whoa, but if you're a lazy dude, it's like, you're like, people are like, you're useless, man. So you have to push and, and in I, my opinion no and that's thank you for ending with your opinion on that one I, but i know what you're saying i don't get too much into the gender dynamics uh on my stuff but man i think we're seeing a culture now where dudes are are being mothered by other dudes and and that masculine influence uh is is slipping away and there's lots and lots of reasons for that so i commend you for for creating a place where men can just kind of talk to other men and it's not mm -hmm. it's not even a gendered thing it's a place where we just push people to to be their best or to at least try mm -hmm. to try for better you know mm -hmm. and people are different man yes like it's like everybody has their own purpose everybody has their own goals everybody has their mm -hmm. own personality so it's like more being able to let people do what they want to do instead of trying to force them to fit in a narrative mm -hmm. is like that i just don't don't agree with that really well i think the one percent man group is so great because the discussions there are so wide-ranging it's business it's dating it's sports it's it's athleticism it's all these things that are what it is to be a person you know and um i guess i'd ask how do you how do you feel about the one percent group like when did you start it and what do you what are you seeing now? How do you feel about it? It's fantastic. It's getting too big that I can't monitor it correctly. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, but I, I think I, I think I started it like maybe three to four months ago. We're almost at 20,000 people, mm -hmm. which is crazy. Um, I think that has something to do with the name. When people see the 1%, they're like, I need to be in here. This, this is just marketing stuff. But um, mm -hmm. I think for me, the, the reason why I, I like it is because there's big three for everybody, health, wealth, and relationship. Mm -hmm. If any one of those three things is lacking your your quality of life goes down so there's this level of juggling okay do i feel good that's fitness mm -hmm. do i feel confident you know that's mental fitness mm -hmm. am i making enough money to go to the gym right mm -hmm. do i have fulfilling relationships do the people around me push me right so it's like a trifecta of like okay you gotta like 
put water in all these different buckets mm -hmm. and have the skill set to do that. So that's generally the idea with, with the way I do things with the group. Right on. And are you, are you happy? Are you satisfied with the level of discussion that's going on there? Are you seeing guys come in and get problems solved and have good discussions? I mean, there's always going to be the, the outsiders who say shit that's not productive, but are you happy with the results? Absolutely. And this is my like personal take on things. It's like, I don't, I don't want to get content, right? Cause if I, I'm obviously proud of mm -hmm. what I do. Um, but I do want to make sure that like my goal for this is not just like a Facebook group. And this is why I'm pushing like sure. our YouTube and some of the other stuff is mm -hmm. like, if I can get this into like a real brick and mortar club, mm -hmm. you know, I hate yeah. to make this, this comparison, but like a Freemason club, right? Mm -hmm. These guys all are a country club, right? You pay memberships to come and hang out with these people. Mm -hmm. And it's more than just like some internet crew, right? So I am happy with it. I do like it. There's a lot of outliers and a lot of anger in the male space. I think like people are just kind of angry at the, the situation, but all in all, I think I see, I can see it, right? I can see the light at the end of the tunnel and I can see the North star and I, and I think it's going to work out. So right on. Well, I would say, I would say too, that being able to see that light at the end, seeing that North star, seeing that clear path forward is that's a piece of advice I give to myself and try to give to my listeners is like, you have to see, you have to see what it's going to look like to get there. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit then. Let's try and give some value to my listeners. I'm really glad to hear all this stuff about you to get to know you a little bit. But, you know, I listened to your interview with, his name was Josh, Josh Jables. Mm -hmm, correct. On, on your podcast. And you brought up this idea of limiting beliefs. And, and limiting beliefs are something that are they're really insidious because often we're not even aware of how our beliefs are, how we are limiting our own beliefs. And you, you said, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, you said that young Luca had limiting beliefs around women, money, so be it. Do you want to maybe mm. just talk to me a little bit about how you gained an awareness of, of how you were holding these limiting beliefs? Then we can, we can go from there, but I really want to hear about this awareness piece, right? Cause that's the hardest part. Mm. Yeah. And where do I start? Uh, there's so, <laughs> so much stuff that I'm sure. still dealing with uh -huh. right now. And it, and, and I'm going to wrap it back to the whole, like, um, you're from Alberta, you know, how like the stereotypical Canadian guy is supposed to be right. And this idea that, you know, you're not supposed to talk a lot. Mm. Right. And that's something that I always learned. My family's cowboys, man. They ride horses and okay. they spit, chew, chew and smoke cigarettes. You know what I mean? They're those guys. Right. So talking is not cool. So when you're a kid, you're walking around with you're getting programmed so much yes. when you're a kid and you don't understand. And the first thing you hear is always truth. Right. When you hear something for the first time that has way more weight. Right. So how I how I got my awareness of it is I was a heavy drinker, heavy partier. OK. Right. And I was into self-improvement at the same time. So it's like, okay, I'm trying to self-improve from Monday to Friday. And then Friday rolls around. My buddy calls me to go get some beers. And then all of my work is done. I knocked over my sandcastle, right? So yep. the way I see it is I quit alcohol. That was one of the one of the big things that helped me was nice. quitting booze, quitting partying, getting out of there. And then I read Psycho-Cybernetics. That's a big book for this. Okay. Um, and he talks just about like the kind of person you think you are is the kind of person you are because mm -hmm. your brain is looking for evidence for things to support itself. Like if I think I'm ugly and I don't deserve women, I'm going to look around for every time I've gotten rejected just to make sure that I don't have to like question myself. Right. Yeah. So it, 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 it's a long process, man. Cause you, you practice your limiting beliefs since you're three years old. Right. So you, people come on here and they're like, Oh, why am I not different? It's like, it's been like three weeks, man. <laughs> You've been practicing your current mindset for like 20 years. Right. Absolutely right. And you've actually built a subconscious mindset that you're not even aware of how, like you say, it's like, you're not going to approach that woman because you've now trained yourself to believe that you're not even worthy of her attention. So mm -hmm. I also find it very funny how you say, you know, 
your folks, your, your family, the people that you used to hang around with were, they didn't like to talk. Talking wasn't cool. But then we get shit faced on Friday. There's, it's, we talk till four in the morning. So it's like, it wants to come out, you know, and it's that, it is that limiting belief in the culture that's, that's uh, oppressing or repressing us. And uh, sounds like you're sort of working on breaking out of that. Yeah. And I think one of the main things that I'm working on now is learning how to be selfish in an artsy way. Hmm. Right. And I focused on a lot of human nature and how, you know, our main ancestor is like a chimpanzee or a monkey, right? Sure. Those people build, those animals build hierarchies and those animals are, are selfish by nature, right? Your first, when push comes to shove, you're going to like, look at the toilet paper thing during COVID okay. people yeah. did not, did not care about what other people were getting right in those situations. It doesn't matter. You right. are taking what you need, right? So being able to put yourself first and to feed yourself first with not feed yourself only, right? Right. But feed yourself first, because if you can't breathe, you can't help. If you, you can't help the poor by being a poor person, right? hundred percent. Yeah. That's funny. Very funny. I need to wipe my ass and my family needs to wipe their ass. I don't care about other people. Yeah. yeah I think you say something very interesting. There is like, we, we, we quite often have this desire to change other people, to help other people. And that's all very noble, but to a, to a certain extent, you can't help another person unless they really are going to take the steps. And we're better off putting that energy into ourselves, I believe, to then become someone who can at least support. Mm -hmm. And the way I see it too is, this is something that I just thought about the other day. It's like we are, we're animals and we're quote unquote gods, right? There's the spirituality, the consciousness, and then there's like the, hey, you know, I want to go do things with that lady over there, right? (laughs) So there's like Mm -hmm. this this hormonal stuff, there's this instinct, there's just this fight or flight. And then there's also this like, wow, I'm so, uh, you know, open and awake i'm so like enlightened right so it's like how do you how do you get woo woo enough to reprogram yourself while still like taking care of your needs on a basic level that's a great point it's we have that we're we're locked in this sort of meat suit right this this nervous system Mm -hmm. this brain this body but i personally believe that there is a spark of of something divine within us and you know, you ask how I say, well, for me, prayer is a, is a big way. And I don't push my agenda on people, but and I'm not even a Christian, but just to sit down and connect with a higher power, uh, can be a great way to sort of synthesize that the spirit with the physical. I don't know how you come out on that. Mm-hmm. Well, I pray, but it's, I don't use words. I use, I use pictures, mm-hmm. right? So I mm-hmm. use, um, I'll, I'll lay down, close my eyes and really relax and I'll use the imagination. Right. And the way that I see quote unquote God, or, mm-hmm. you know, the source energy, whatever you want to do is if you close your eyes and imagine something, you can build any picture you want, right? It doesn't matter what reality is, right? Mm-hmm. So you're essentially, you you can create pictures. You know, people who made a movie, it was just an idea, man. They just yeah. decided to do it and they, they brought it to real life, right? So you can create. And that's the difference between animals and humans is animals don't know what they are. They can't know what they're yes. doing and they can't think about themselves. They can't create pictures. They're just like eating, drinking, walking around, you know? So mm-hmm. the consciousness is a big one. Like you said, awareness is like the thing that makes us human. Well, and you make a good point there too, is like you can, and it sounds crazy, you can sit down and think and manifest and envision a world or a life for yourself that will over time come true in some way. I often say that our Mm -hmm. thoughts create a reality, you know, and this does go back to limiting beliefs. And, you know, I have a lot of sympathy for even some of the guys who are posting in the the 1% group because it's like, man, you don't again, I'm no great guru. I'm, I haven't got it all figured out, but man, you don't realize how these words you're using about yourself. Oh, I'm always addicted. I'm always alone. You're building, mm-hmm. the, you're building your life through what you say. Mm-hmm. You know, hundred percent. And a good, a good analogy that I found was, um, golf, right? When people are mm-hmm. good at golf, 
it's not how hard you hit the ball. Right. It's not like anything else other than do you see the ball going where you want it to go? Do you see it going in or do you see it hitting off to the side? Right. Because right. it was uh, like Phil Mickelson or one of the big guys. He was saying, like, I don't take a shot that mm-hmm. I don't see it going exactly where I want it to go. Mm-hmm. And then when I see it in my mind, that picture of it going where it wants to go, I choose the club based on what picture Damn. it told me. <laughs> right? If it works for Phil, it's, it obviously would work for you or I, right? It's like he's, a, he's one of the greatest. And he's yeah. using this visualizing. Now, that's. I'm going to think a bit more about that. But I I do also think that there's a lot of enjoyment to be found in life by actually looking and focusing on what you're doing, right? So often we're off in a million directions, but, you know, even just the joy of making a cup of coffee, which as you know, I don't do anymore, but, or watering, watering your garden, right? It's like, if you're focused on what you're doing, the beauty of life just uh, explodes around you. Mm -hmm. And that's a skill, right? The thing is, is we have so much stimulation and this is where meditation and prayer and stuff comes back for me Mm -hmm. is, it's people don't know how to relax. Like they legit, they've never yes. felt it. They don't know what it is. No. Right. So when you meditate, you're sitting there wanting to rip your hair out because it's a, such a foreign feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you, when you build patience, right. And this is one of my affirmations. I am patient, nice. right. I can wait. Hmm. Right. And when you, you, you put it, put the thing in the microwave, you know, you pull it out and you eat your food, you slow it down. Just nice. relax. You don't, you don't try to make the world go at your not like totally unrealistic expectation. Mm-hmm. You're like, Hey, it's going to happen when it's happened. I'm just going to chill. Yeah, man. It's so true. And I even saw something. It's pretty wild. It's like your perception of time is linked to your heartbeat. So if you're, if you're on caffeine, nicotine, you're not breathing. And now you're going 130 beats per minute. It feels like the world is flying, but if you take control of your breath, maybe get off the drugs, if you can, everything slows mm-hmm. down and suddenly Things are happening exactly as they were going to happen. And now you're more in alignment with it. You're more flowing with it. Well, and that that's even another thing is when you listen to music, mm. you will walk to the to the sure. tempo or the beat. Like mm-hmm. You'll walk faster when you're listening to faster music, right? Mm. So it's like you can be hijacked by so many things. It's just reminding yourself like, okay, what is really going on here? Am I being hijacked or am I just like, am I daydreaming, right? It's like, this is the, 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 the awareness thing. It's mm-hmm. reminding yourself to just, not think about everything, just experience what you're doing. Yeah. That's a great way to put it is like, don't, you can't think about everything at once. So why not just think about one thing and and go from there? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. multitasking, multitasking just destroys our ability to do both tasks. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really exist. I don't think multitasking Mm -hmm. really exists. I think you just do two, two tasks shit. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and you think you're getting everything done, but you really aren't right. You think you're doing everything, but it's just like that scatterbrain. Um, you can never get into the mastery point of things where you're a master at one mm-hmm. and like can get be paid for doing one thing rather than trying to like be kind of good at everything to flex on your friends. That's the way I see it anyway. <laughs> I'd rather be real good at one thing and flex on my friends, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you, you, were, you were getting towards something that I'll, I'll take us there now is like people, people are getting, people, myself included, I'd say people, but we are all susceptible to being programmed by the thoughts and the words of others, especially through social media, news, movies, whatever. Is this something that Mm -hmm. you've sort of become aware of in yourself about how the culture programs you and you're seeking to maybe be a bit of a programmer yourself, but resist being just, you know, bombarded with all this crap that has nothing to do with you in a sense? Yeah. And I'm going to take a controversial turn here sure. um, because that's just the person I am. Like everybody's manipulating. Yeah. Everybody's manipulating everybody, right? When your girlfriend tells you, you know, I'm too tired tonight, right? <laughs> it's like, 
it's just like it they're using what they want to get a result right sure. and this is the way that we are it's the same thing with sales the way that i see it is when i watch a movie they're they're sequencing things in a, in a certain way to keep you hitting dopamine mm -hmm. keep you yes. addicted keep you keep mind space occupied by them right mm -hmm. and at the end of the day it's like you can't really not get programmed you just choose what you are getting programmed by um because you can't walk down the street without somebody trying to take up space in your mind it's just the way it is and i think humans do that naturally whether you're good at it or you're bad at it you're always trying to and this is where shame and guilt and, yes. and all these manipulation tactics come in when you're not getting your way you're willing to do negative things but yeah. i think there is a positive form of uh, manipulation quote unquote being able to say okay you're you need this right you can't stop watching porn for example mm -hmm. you can't stop you've tried mm -hmm. and you aren't you're, you're you're too lazy to do this you're not willing to invest or you're not willing to do this somebody has to help you yeah right yeah and if, if you use the quote unquote manipulation in that, in that aspect, like, okay, is this helping somebody, hmm. right? There's no reason why you can't use that to help someone because most people don't know what they need and they can't help themselves. So they need like external influence. Like when I was doing door to door, the best thing my boss would ever do, he's like, if you don't sell this many today, you're fired. I would sell double. <laughs> right. right? That's, ruth that, that's ruthless. But I mean, it, it works. Hey, if it works and you make a good point, it's like we're manipulating people right now by blabbing our thoughts into them and, and asking them to believe what we're saying is true. I used to think mm. that, that, you know, I'm trying to get away from a lot of external influence, but you make a good point that it like sales or advertising, it can be used for good. And perhaps if I believe if I could teach someone how I quit porn or how I quit marijuana, how I quit coffee, how I quit overeating, all these things that I've quit, they could learn that program and do it once and then they could quit everything else on their own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what, when I, when I quit alcohol, like if you quit addiction, mm -hmm. you could quit anything, right? Like just all addictions are, are the same, right? You do a thing once it feels good. And then the reason why you do it a second time is because you feel worse after you did it. So it is, it is the reason why you feel bad. Mm -hmm. So if you just stop the initial, you know, stimulus, there's no bad feeling, right? There's no hangover. Of course. It's just normal. Right, right, right. No, that, that high, it always takes us to a point, but it doesn't bring us back down to the baseline. It takes us down into that trough that you're talking, the hangover. Can you, uh, yeah. can you talk to me a bit about your process of quitting alcohol or maybe from the point of like being aware of, I need to stop to finally being done with it. What did that look like? So it's hilarious that I say this because it was such like a, I, like I'd say like woo woo, but it's like, mm. it was such a universal thing that happened to me because my personal personality, like I'm ready to party always. You nice. know what I mean? Like <laughs> okay. I was like, I'm, I'm a singer, I'm a musician. You know, oh, I was okay. doing shows. I was touring like girls, whole nine. I loved Motley Crue. Like everything oh. I was watching was like this rock star attitude. So I just wanted that, right? I thought oh. it was cool. And then um, I think it was like two, um, almost two. I've been clean for about a year now, mm. full year. Nice. Um, and my friend had been like, yeah, check out this book. Like it was about quitting alcohol and he kind of tiptoed into it. He's like, yeah, man, like, don't worry. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm. like, when you talk about quitting alcohol, it's very awkward because you have yes. to like admit you're addicted. Like <laughs> admitting the addiction is the hardest part. Right. So, um, he was like, yeah, read this book. It's called this naked mind by Anne Grace. If anybody's struggling with alcohol or just wants to learn more about mm. it, you should definitely do that. Um, and I think the reason why I, why I quit was because I found that advertising is straight up lying about alcohol, yeah. right? They, they yes. literally will shit face lie on the commercial and tell you, you're going to get more girls and tell you, you're going to have more fun and tell you all this stuff. Right. So I just found that I was being manipulated and it wasn't helping me. Right. It felt like I was being programmed by the, the matrix, quote unquote. Like it felt like, damn, like I'm not like, going to let these people have my money. So when I had a strong enough reason, because most people don't want to quit, 
right? You say you right. want to quit porn, you say you want to drink, and then when push comes to shove, you just can't hack it, right? But if you have a strong enough why, a strong enough case, as a lawyer would say, it's easier to be like, okay, no, I can rationalize not doing it because there's bigger things at play, right? Now, I think what you're saying about the alcohol is interesting about how it's it's part of that cultural programming. It's it's leading us mm. to believe, and I, I have to ask, and I don't wonder how deep down the rabbit hole you go as to why. Why, why are things that are so toxic? I mean, there's nothing worse than alcohol that you can put in your body mm-hmm. you know, that's legal. Why, why is that being sold to us, you know, as if it was the cure to your, all your problems? You know, you're, you're, you can't be social. You can't get laid. You can't have fun. You can't have an identity without alcohol. You, you want to know like my take on why? why yeah, I'd be, I'd be curious as to why that's being pushed. What you think? Um, so I'm a little bit cynical. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna keep it to you straight. Um, I think personally, with alcohol, it's such a big industry. There's too much money involved, mm-hmm. and most of the time, like what I'm learning about marketing now is there's there's definitely an underbelly around marketing, right? Yes. And the idea that people have to feel pain to spend money, or else they just won't do it, mm. right? So you kind of have to scare you kind of have to scare people to do stuff like yeah. selling door to door a security system. You have to tell them how someone would break into their house and their wife would be there alone. Sure, and you wouldn't be there, right? Because if they don't, they just don't care. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but with alcohol and those types of things, like, why do you think Dwayne, the rock Johnson and all these people, the first thing they get into is alcohol or CBD or weed or vapes, right? Because those are recession proof alcohol and sure. drugs. There's a recession proof. Same mm-hmm. with porn, right? When people, when there's a freaking economic downpour, first thing people are doing is on going on OnlyFans buying alcohol. Alcohol was a, an essential <laughs> good during COVID, right? Wasn't that crazy? <laughs> Yeah. So, like, so I think it's just like, it, it's recession proof, right? Mm-hmm. And there's too much money there and people can't resist it, right? They're not in control. They're not in control. So this, this is the whole sort of brand with my show is that pushing people to understand that if you can take at least 1% more of self-control, the, your life gets proportionally better. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious and physical fitness is a huge one. It's just, it's kind of just like if we could simply start and if we could just inform people that if you could do it, better today, your life gets that much better immediately. Like a better life Mm -hmm. is not way down the road in the future, but a better life starts the minute you decide to actually control what goes in and out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, fitness is the best way to kind of Mm -hmm. illustrate that. But at the end of the day, you just have to want to be better. Right. Like the first thing is just, you just have to want to be better. Right. But I just don't think most people are really willing to do it. Right. They just don't care. They're just, they're so regular, right. They're in their comfort zone. And this Mm -hmm. is a basic form of human nature, right? Human nature wants to do things with expending the least amount of energy and what is getting better, extending energy. Like you need to get used to pain and get used to doing, because you do not grow your muscles unless you go through pain. So I think it's a mindset Mm -hmm. shift. Like pain is good, man. If you get rejected a hundred times from a girl, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to be better on that 101st time than if you didn't do any of them. Yes. And and on muscle growth is the same thing, right? It requires that dis- destruction of the muscle fibers so that they rebuild themselves bigger. I mean, it couldn't be any simpler. The more mm-hmm. work, the more stress you put yourself under, the better you become. But so here's the thing with this show is I can't make people want to do that. Like you say, most people don't want to stress themselves to their genetic potential. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. show is for people that at least have maybe tasted it. But I guess I wonder... Mm-hmm. How do you encourage maybe yourself, your friends, people in the group to like, you can, I can't make you want better, but I can make you believe that better is possible. I can at least from my personal experience even. Yeah. And I think there's, there, this is a two part one. Um, the main thing that I do 
is I say things to, I have affirmations and visualizations okay. that I do every single day. Right. And the one thing that I say is like, I'm willing to do things that other people won't. Sure. Right. I'm willing to do things that my competitors won't. And I have this game in my head. Like when I'm at the gym and I'm pushing out that last rep, yeah. I'm like, somebody quit here. I'm not going to. Right. But this is, I think this is just a little bit heavy for people because it's so, it's so my personal thing. Sure. Um, but I think that like, it sounds so hilarious and shallow, but the best way you can inspire people is just by winning yourself and showing it and flexing it. Right. There's a reason why these Bugattis and these Lamborghinis on the internet are so popular is because right. like people want that shit, mm-hmm. but it's like, you need to be able to show people the in the, the beginning and the end, right? Like, Hey, I was addicted to drugs, porn, doing all this shit. And mm-hmm. now like, you know, I was a skinny little disgusting guy, right? <laughs> sure. I was still getting laid cause I'm handsome. I'm going to plug myself out sure, there, sure. but it's like, <laughs> Like, you know, after now I'm like 20 pounds, 30 pounds heavier, right? I think better. I have all this stuff, right? And like, I'm willing to focus on money, even though people think you're greedy. So it's like being able to, people need to see that other people can do it first, Mm -hmm. right? There needs to be this level of like, whoa, it's possible. Because me as a kid, I was like, I'm going to be a rock star. Everyone was telling me you're crazy, right? So I had it, right? Mm -hmm. I had this like wildly unrealistic view, but Mm -hmm. I think most people don't have that. And they just need to, to see that like, thinking big is allowed and encouraged. Like you need to think big yes, or else you're never going to get the stuff you really want. Well said, but do you have a sense of why you have that in you? Like I, I didn't have it in me. And then I found that I had to work through some trauma. I had to really take control of these addictions. And then I believed that I could think big, but do you have a sense of why you, is it just a personality thing? Why did you think big from the jump and why do some people not? Well, and this is a complex question as well, right? So I remember when I first got into music, right? And I wanted to be a musician and I had found this ACDC live DVD when I was like a kid, like I was like eight or nine, right? Um, And I was ripping around the house, no shirt on, pretending I'm a guitar player, right? And my family all thought it was awesome. And I think the main thing is like, I was never stifled, right? My family, they were, they they were tough, but they, they, they never said, no, you can't do that. Hmm. And then whenever somebody did say, no, you can't do that. Like I remember when I was young and I told my uncle, I want to be a rock star. And he's like, you're never going to, he literally said, you're never going to do it. I was a kid, man. <laughs> he's like, you're it's never crazy. going to make it. Don't, yeah. Ruthless. Yeah. But I think at the time I was just like, I just had this fuck you attitude. Sorry for the whole, no, but it's just like, man, I just like, I, I was just like, no, I'm not, I'm not eating it, bro. I will not eat it. I'm going to do this. Right. And it's just like, I had, I had a lot of ruthlessness and I had a lot of people trying to like, tell me what I could and couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just like this inner, I don't want to call it inner warrior sounds corny, but um, <laughs> it's just like this, this inner drive, man. It's just like, I'm not going to let other people tell me what I can and can't do. Because if I do something to try and make other people happy, I'm going to end up hanging out in my room, hiding my head under the covers to make people, you know, make sure they're not insecure. Like you need to do things for yourself right. to do well. And when you do well, you can help others, right? That's it. I think you nailed it right there. I'm going to leave it there, Luca. I think that we just jam-packed that with some value for people. I think we got to know a little bit about you. I always like to end end the conversation by asking, and you may have touched on this, but put a fine point on it. Why do you believe that a better life for yourself is possible? Why do you believe that it's possible? And and what does it look like? Why do I believe it's possible? For me, it's not an option. (laughs) I have like... Just, I just, I just refuse to sell. And this, this comes after years of doing door to door in a performance space, mm-hmm. right? If you don't knock, you don't sell. So there, there's this kick in the ass that I just have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe it's possible because I believe that is like the purpose of life is to max out your potential, man. Like, what are you going to do? Sit at home and just jerk off and just do nothing, right? Like you need to get better and better and better for me personally. 
Um, what that looks like, obviously, you know, I want to make a lot of money, go travel the world, you know, help people out and expand my abilities to influence and be charismatic, be a character that people can look up to. So I guess that's, that's pretty much the best I can do. Beauty. Well, you're well on your way. You're a charismatic guy for sure. Where can people uh, get, get more from you or, or find out more about you? Yeah. So my main one is the Facebook group, obviously the 1% man yeah. secret self-improvement club. Um, if you want to check out my personal content, we have a YouTube channel, 1% self-improvement club. It's a bit new, so you might not find it. If you Good. go to the Facebook group, we plug it a ton there, or you can go on Instagram, 50 shades of Luca classic. Um, that's fairly new <laughs> nice. as well. So you, there's, I'm, I'm fairly new to content, right? So I've mm -hmm. been doing a lot of uh, community building, but now I'm focusing on myself and how to put myself out there. Nice. Um, there is some stuff in those three places. If you want to come and find me, I'd love to have you. Absolutely. And I, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of that, of that 1% group. It's if you're a, a young man, a boy, anybody really looking to improve, go to this group, the 1% men's super secret self-improvement group. We'll put up, yeah. We'll, shh, shh, yeah, we're blowing it up. <laughs> Well, anyway, yeah. I'll put a link to it. It's it's there's great discussion in there. there. There's some great guys in there, and you will uh, you will get value out of it, no doubt. So thank you so much, Luca. Yeah, thank you for having me, brother. It was a blast. It sure was. Talk to you soon. Peace.